This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. As we cover the news here on Reset, we always work to bring you the voices of people affected by that news. That can mean hearing from high school students instead of just school administrators, or making sure that we talk with business owners about how inflation is affecting the bottom line instead of just checking in with an economist. Today, we are taking that same approach on one of the biggest stories in not just Illinois, but the entire country. As early as tomorrow morning, the Supreme Court could rule on whether to overturn Roe v. Wade. And a draft opinion leaked last month suggests it will be struck down. So we're checking in with people whose stories can help illuminate this moment. Women who have had an abortion or ended a pregnancy. Earlier, we heard from a woman we called Jane. When she was 17, she induced a miscarriage. And now we transition to a Chicago woman who had two abortions. Now, for her safety, we will not be disclosing her name. Today, she'll be going by Casey. Welcome, Casey. Hi, thanks for having me. So take me back to 2018. This is is when you first found out that you were pregnant. What exactly was going through your mind then? Oh, gosh. Um, A lot of emotions, um, as you can imagine. Um, Confusion, scared, kind of shame, worry for judgment. Unfortunately, none of them like super positive feelings. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Um, At the time you found out, how how far along were you? Very, uh, very, very early. Like maybe I was like two weeks late after missing my period. So I think I just put you at a couple weeks uh, actually pregnant. So it was very early in the process. And so at the time, did you think immediately, I have a decision to make or... Was was this a feeling of joy? Was it a feeling of sadness, sort of a mix of both? Um, kind of a mix of both. It was definitely, I definitely knew for me at that point in my life, the best decision for me was going to get um, an abortion, just like free from political interference. But that was, I knew that that was the best decision for me at the time. So mm-hmm. for me, I felt like I needed to start getting the, you know, the wheels moving on, on how to do that in the safest and like quickest way possible. So what else was going on in your life at the time? Were you in a relationship? Yes. Um, I mean, I'm, I was married. I still am same person. Okay. So um, I feel like sometimes uh, I think the uh, misconception is people think that it's just kind of like, you know, a irresponsible decision that was made or something, but, or with somebody that's not in a relationship, but I was married. I still am to the same the same wonderful man, but it was just not a great time in our lives for a multitude of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I just felt like I, this is, an abortion is going to be the best route for us, at least for right now. So as you talk about coming to that conclusion, this was after having a talk with your partner. This isn't something you arrived at on your own. I, for me, like in my head, I was like, when I first found out, he, he wasn't at home. I had taken a pregnancy test, so he wasn't home. And so I, this decision, all these emotions had gone through my head. I already decided that this would be the best decision for me. But when you, in my opinion, when you decide to partner in, in your life, that is a decision you, you need to talk about with your partner. Yeah. So I did talk to him later, and I just said, hey, this is how I feel. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. And he's always been very supportive, and he said, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, ultimately, he's like, it is your body and your choice. If you feel like this is the best thing for you, I'm in full support. Mm -hmm. And uh, before this day had even occurred, Casey, what were conversations like between you and him as far as as family planning was concerned? Um, We both, before we decided to get married, we wanted to make sure we were on the same page of, like, do we both want to have kids in the future? For us, that was kind of like a, it's a, kind of a deal breaker if one does and one doesn't and we both do so we just didn't at that time if that makes sense (laughs) 
Yeah. So once you arrive at the decision, you decide we're going to go ahead and get an abortion. Did you talk to anyone before doing the, the, the procedure? Did you do any research? I did a lot of research. Um, I My best friend is a nurse, and so I she was the only person I told okay. for support reasons as well as, um, you know, medical-like information and, you know, uh, to get more information on that regard because she's a wealth of information. I got lucky with her. Yeah. Yeah, so you had at least a little bit of a support system, it sounds like, right? You have a, a friend who happens to be uh, a medical professional, and, and your partner, of course, is by your side. Anyone else that you told at the time? Um, that was it. I, I feel like I, if times were maybe a little bit different, I would have wanted to tell my mother. I just didn't feel like, and it's probably not fair to her because I never did, so I don't know how she would have reacted, but I just didn't feel like maybe it was going to be. I just didn't want to put myself in the position where if it wasn't mm-hmm. a supportive response, um, I just didn't think I was like, thought I was too fragile yeah. to, to risk that. So I just decided to keep it really close to the chest and keep it with my my partner and, and my best friend. Yeah, no, I hear you. You're, you're not alone there for sure. It's 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 scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like even sitting here, you know, four years later, I'm still like, oh, man, I still kind of feel those feelings of that day of like still being kind of scared, which I know is really fortunate to to not be alone. I know there's a lot of women out there that unfortunately feel a lot more alone than I did. And I'm still like, wow, that was a scary moment in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, where did you go to, to have the abortion and what kind did you uh, choose to have? I went, um, I went to Planned Parenthood. Um, I actually found out so early in the process that I actually had to wait oh, wow. a couple weeks because there was nothing really to, to abort. I don't mean to sound like morbid, but like uh, they just said that there's nothing. I had to wait until six weeks, at least six weeks to be able to have the procedure. Okay. And so you chose the, the surgical procedure, not the I'm pill? Sorry, I misspoke. Uh, the actual, like, uh, I actually did it by pill because I did it so early. Um, when you do it, when you find out early enough, you can just do it by pill. So there was no like procedure, procedure. Right. But they had you wait six weeks or wait until the six week mark. What was that like? Cause now you're more and more pregnant essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That, you know, that waiting period, I think in like any point in someone's life, regardless if it's this or something else, it's kind of weird. It's kind of stagnant. You're literally watching the hours go by. Um, I had an appointment on the books, which was great. And so by the time I had connected with them and we made an appointment, it was, I think I ended up having to get like eight days or something, eight or nine days. So it wasn't terribly long, but eight or that eight or nine days seems like a very long time to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I understand that you had another abortion back in 2012? Uh, 2012, yes. Was there anything different about the process then versus this one we're talking about that was six years later? Six years, I'm still with the same same person. Um, married now versus in 2012, we were we were dating. So I felt like the decision in this one was a little bit longer in the sense, like back then, I think I was 24, if my math serves me correctly. And I recently moved to Chicago, um, getting like our careers going. My husband just got into grad school, lots of other things. So that one seemed a lot more like cut and dry. This one being married and further along in our careers, like all the things that are on paper, right, that are like, you could do this, it would totally be fine. I I felt like there were a lot more thought around this one of like, am I making the right decision? Like we're, my reasoning for the first one was, you know, all of these, but now that that's all been taken care of, should I really be having one now? You know, and then I was worried that 
if you, you know, would that affect it later to have kids? You know, um, I wasn't sure on the right. medical side if that would affect it. And so that's why it was really nice to talk to my best friend at the nurse. And she's like, that has nothing to do with it. You could have 10 abortions and you'd totally be fine to get pregnant. So she was, she reassured you at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, we focused a lot, Casey, on, on how the procedure sort of has made you feel emotionally. But I, I wonder physically what it was like. Was it painful in 2018? Um, it, I'll preface by saying it wasn't like a pleasant experience. (laughs) I wouldn't say it was necessarily painful, like physically painful. I think it's more, um, like the mental anguish and like the back and forth you go through, honestly, for me, at least I can only speak for myself. Um, but the overall, um, process of it wasn't super physically painful. Um, I would probably relate it more to like, if you have cramps, like as a woman for your period, I would I would explain it, describe it more as like maybe a day where you had like really bad cramps or something. I see. What can you share about how much the abortion costs? Um, I so I had from two different experiences. The first time, um, it was completely covered um, because it was kind of like a fluke thing. Like I was on the pill, I was on birth control, um, and it was just kind of like a fluke thing that it happened the, the first time. So insurance viewed it as like a you know a preventative. Okay. Thing in 2018, it wasn't covered because I had I was in between birth controls. I had actually just taken taken out my like five year IUD, and was deciding okay. what birth control to go on next. So unfortunately, the second one was not covered. So it was financially we got, we were lucky that we we were able to, to to take care of it, but it wasn't wasn't cheap by any means. So it wasn't that. it wasn't covered while you were on birth control that wasn't it was covered when i was on birth control and that was in 2012 but in 2018 i was in between birth control ah, okay and so insurance denied it how convenient yeah <laughs> well you know looking back now uh, on those times today uh, casey how are you feeling about your decisions overall i know you you mentioned earlier about you know one thing is i wish i would have let my mom in on what was going on Anything else come to mind? You know, I feel like, like truly, I feel like they were the best decisions for me. I mean, I don't mean to sound like cold or anything, but I rarely think about it just because I I knew it was the best decision for me, especially talking to my partner in both, um, you know, married in 2018 specifically um, and having that support. I mean, it really, it's like, you know, a private thing for myself and then with my partner. And I just felt like the full support of that. So truthfully, I don't really think about it that often. Yeah. I do still probably wish I would have been able to talk to my own mother about it. Um, but not knowing what her reaction was going to be, I feel like I made the best decision. Yeah. Well, you know, as, as we talk about your husband, your situation isn't one that's often talked about, especially in the political conversations, right, where you have this partner and you have Mm-hmm. a stable job. So I would love for you to give some advice to, to those who are listening to us right now, and, and they may be in a very similar situation, not wanting a baby, but maybe feeling like because they're, you know, in in a, a position where they have extra support or, you know, they have someone else to go through it with, they feel like they don't have this choice. What would you say? Right. So I I would say um, you, you are not alone. <laughs> Um, I feel like just just because you check a box or many boxes on, on paper, whether that's 
married and you know hopefully in a safe relationship, financially stable, you know, a house with a picket fence and a dog, you know, all the things that people want. Um, if you are not ready to start a family at any stage in your life, you don't have to. Um, and you're not alone out there. So I would say that I would let all the, you know, stereotypical or like worry about judgment go. And just because you can doesn't mean that you have to. I was really under the impression for so long that the only people that were getting abortions were people that were in, you know, relationships or they financially couldn't take care of them, which are all good reasons and fine reasons too. But there, I think there are a lot more of us out there that are like in situations like myself that maybe don't realize that their women are making the same decisions that I did. So I just want to say that you're not alone. So I say seek, you know, reach out. You maybe you'd be surprised to find out, you know, maybe one of your closest friends or friends of friends or coworkers or somebody's in the same position that you were and maybe had an abortion and that you can find some advice or solace in. Casey, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us. We appreciate your time. Thank you. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, we're getting personal on today's show. Earlier this month, a leaked draft opinion from the Supreme Court suggested that Roe v. Wade will be struck down. That ruling could come down as early as tomorrow morning. Since that leak, we have talked to doctors, legal experts, a bioethicist, and people who run abortion funds. But today we are adding a missing piece, and that's the stories of women who decided to end a pregnancy. You just heard from Casey, who's a woman who was married had a good relationship, a good job, but just wasn't ready to start a family. So she got an abortion. Back with us again is Kristen Schorsch, a government and politics reporter for WBEZ. She's been talking with providers and, and people who have had abortions. Welcome back, Kristen. Sure. Hey, thanks. What do you make of Casey's story? You know, Casey's story um, is familiar to me just after spending so much time talking to people who've had abortions, talking to providers who have provided those abortions. You know, some people who um, got in touch with me, like Casey, were married. Um, In some circumstances, they didn't have the financial means or weren't ready otherwise to have a baby. Um, There are actually a good number of people I talked to as well. I think this is another misperception perhaps about people who have abortion. Um, People who already are married, our parents have other children and decided to have an abortion. Um, you know, according to the Guttmacher Institute, which is a nonprofit that tracks health policy, is closely tracking um, reproductive rights, supports reproductive rights, I should say, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of people in America who have abortions already are parents. Wow. So, so Casey's story, to your point, is is not is not unique, right? Every story is unique, but but it it does serve though as a reminder that abortions are much more common than we think. Yeah, I mean everyone's story and circumstances are so different. You know, I'm trying to do my best to really understand a lot of different perspectives around abortion, whether you're for it or against it, um perhaps what what led to your decision to have one. Um you know, when I was talking with a lot of providers in the beginning, after the, uh, you know, the draft leaked opinion came out, a lot of them were telling me, you likely know someone who's had an abortion because one in four people have an abortion. It is much more common than I think a lot of people realize. And so, you know, as we're all talking about Roe v. Wade more, you know, talking to people on both sides of the aisle for and against, um, 
I don't know about other people, but obviously, because this is my job, I mean, I'm just hearing a lot from mm-hmm. a lot more people about their experiences and perspectives. Um, it's just obviously abortion is not something people typically might might talk about or, or want to reveal about themselves. Yeah, I mean, for for good reason. It's, it's it is private. It is personal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, many abortion stories, as as you've said, they're you know they're from folks who simply did not want a baby. Right now was just not the right time. Why do you think it is that we often only hear the arguments for for abortion after traumatic events like a rape Mm. or incest? I mean, I think that's a great question. I mean, I think to your point, I think it's just, it's such a sensitive topic that if Roe v. Wade wasn't at such a high risk at this moment of being overturned, would we all be having this conversation? You know, I, I think, you know, people who oppose abortion have told me, you know, they have been they just as much as people who support abortion have been waiting for this moment of Roe v. Wade to be overturned. And in Illinois, you know, like we've been talking about, it's such a sanctuary for people who have mm-hmm. an abortion. Um, you know, there are people who are preparing for and against to to have a lot more people come here. And I think it's just such a delicate conversation. Um, but I mean, there have been some stories that I've heard lately that you know, like one person told me her story of having an abortion um, back when she was 18 in the 1960s before Roe v. Wade was law. So this was an illegal abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, she waited on a, you know, got the phone. Fo- she had a boyfriend, but they weren't ready to, you know, have a family. Um, she got a phone number, went to a corner, got picked up, was taken to an apartment, didn't know the people who were there. It was a very scary moment. But the right decision for her, she said at that time. So, you know, I just feel wow. like this Roe v. Wade coming up and potentially being overturned is also just, I think, making a lot of people think back about their own experiences and perspectives, um, whether or not they support abortion, right? Gosh, that that's uh, such a scary situation you described. But yet, Kristen, there are so many women listening to us right now, uh, you know, who have been through it, who know mm-hmm. exactly what you just described. As you mentioned, Roe v. Wade, we uh, are waiting to hear the fate of this. Could come down as early as tomorrow morning. What else are you watching for, Kristen, before you go? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm waiting like you for this decision every single day. Also staying kind of glued to social media to see. uh, Obviously, there are reporters and organizations across the country focused on when this decision comes down or this opinion, I should say. Um, You know, when this does happen, when we find out what the Supreme Court decides, I mean, I, you know, I think obviously besides getting the immediate reaction, I really want to understand and follow the impact of this decision, of this opinion on patients, on providers, on people who oppose abortion. I think it's an energizing movement on both sides, you know, both sides of the perspective on abortion. I'm also thinking ahead to, you know, the fall. Um, we have an election coming up, right? I mean, the primary is in June, right? It's right now. It's coming up in a few weeks. But in November, we've got the general election and we have a Democratic governor. And, um, you know, we have codified uh, abortion into our state law so that if Roe v. Wade at the federal level was overturned, it would be protected here. But if there's a Republican who defeats Governor Pritzker, who's a Democrat, and the legislature turns Republican. It's right now it's democratically controlled. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially I'm saying that our law could be repealed yeah. and replaced. Right. So, so we can't, we can't keep be... talking about this so much as though Illinois is as safe as it is. Right. Cause that could all change. 
Right. It could change depending on who's in office and how much support. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I think if anyone who follows politics in this state knows it's a, a blue state and a lot of people, um, you know, really supported codifying abortion into law. But yeah, I mean, I think it's something to watch and something to to really keep top of mind is the elections here and then what that means mm-hmm. for Illinois to be a haven, um, considering, you know, the ripple effects of whatever this opinion is from the Supreme Court. Kristen Shorsh covers politics and public health for WBEZ. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.